We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming at you on a Wednesday as we get our way through the beginning of September, inching ever so closely to the start of training camp. And uh, before we know it, there will be basketball on real live basketball involving the players that we love and love to root for the New York Knicks. But Still got a little bit of a ways to go until then, so uh, we will continue to fill the time with insightful and interesting and hopefully well-executed conversations with uh, people that you want to hear from, and today is certainly no exception. I was pleased to be joined today by the associate head coach at the uh, West Virginia University Mountaineers program, Larry Harrison, so... I go through it a little bit on the pod, but I'll just tell you up front. Larry Harrison has been um, with WVA or WVU, excuse me, um, since 2007. Uh, as we get into at the end of the pod, he was uh, an assistant coach on the team that upset the Kentucky team in the Elite Eight that had uh, John Wall and Boogie Cousins and Eric Bledsoe. And he's been the associate head coach uh, ever since right after uh, that upset. So more than a decade. uh, And uh, he, of course, is the man eh, probably primarily responsible for uh, bringing one Miles Deuce McBride to West Virginia. We had a very, very nice, um, informative uh, and quite frankly, honest conversation. You know, sometimes college coaches, they're just, you know, 
they want to hype up their program. And uh, that's fine. I love when college coaches hype up their program because it's nobody does it better than than them. Um, But I found Coach Harrison to be um, really very insightful in his analysis of uh, Deuce McBride, why Deuce has succeeded uh, his expectations for Deuce when he first got to West Virginia, which were surprising to me to hear. Um, and of course, how he thinks he's going to do with the Knicks and what he thinks his role will be um, in the NBA, what kind of player he might be, you know, how he's going to react uh, if he doesn't get a ton of playing time this year. We got into all that and a whole lot more. Um, so stick around for that conversation. One qu- very quick note, um, and it, it's not a, Huge thing, but initially, uh, Coach Harrison's Wi-Fi was was a little iffy, and then we shut the video off um, after a couple of minutes. So the audio quality picked up a lot um, after about five six minutes or so. But for the first couple of minutes, if the audio sounds a little bit not ideal, just bear with us, and uh, I promise you, it will start to sound a lot better after a couple of minutes of the interview. So, um. That is about all I have to say. Uh, shout out, as always, to the one and only Andrew Claudio for uh, amazing production on the podcast. What can I say except you're welcome? And uh, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Coach Larry Harrison. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, I am thrilled and excited to uh, introduce a first time guest. Um, he is uh, the associate head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. He has been so uh, since 2007, uh, one of the uh, certainly best programs in the country, which we're going to talk a lot about today. And uh, I really I just can't get over the fact that we have one of his kids here in New York. Uh, Larry Harrison, coach, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Feeling good. And uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. I, listen, I appreciate it because um you know, I think going into the going into the draft, a lot of Nick fans were unsure of what was going to happen. Obviously, we didn't have a very high pick for the first time in a very long time. Um, I certainly didn't expect there to be a player that the Knicks took who would um, really catch the fan base um, like Miles McBride Deuce uh, already has. And I'm excited to talk to to you about him. The word around here was that Tim Tub- uh, Tom Thibodeau had his eye on one player in this draft and um, it was Deuce McBride and it, it was evident at summer league why it was that he wanted Deuce because he comes through, um, you know, with flying colors in terms of the stuff that Tibbs looks for in a point of attack point guard. Um, and in terms of how he plays on the offensive side of the ball, which we'll get to, but before we really dig into do so, I'm, I'm just curious in terms of, the style of play that you instill players with um, and the mentality at West Virginia, what do you think is the biggest thing that helps prepare them for the next level, whether that be the NBA overseas, whatever, is it like the skill technique part of it of like how to actually play defense or is it more the mentality, the approach to the game stuff in your mind? Uh, it's a combination of both, but I think it's a lot has to do with the mentality, you know, um, you really don't have a choice mm. if you if you want to play, you know, for Coach Huggins. <laughs> um, you know, as I said earlier, when you step across those lines, whether it's in practice 
or in a game, you know, he, he just, he just wants you to give your all and, and give it to um, play as long as you can uh, and as hard as you can. And when you, when you can't go anymore, then it's your choice to, to take yourself out of game or out of practice. Hmm. Um, we, we have a, we have a saying that, you know, if you take yourself out, then you have the option of putting yourself back in. Oh, okay. If we, if we take you out, then <laughs> we have the option of putting you back in. So, I like that. So the players, the, our players understand that. And it's the same way in practice. Mm. You know, um, we, we have, we have three grad transfers and, um, and one of them was asking me the other day, he said, he said, coach, man, you, you, you need to get a whistle. You, 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 you guys need to start blowing whistles. And I said, okay, I said, I will. I said, I said, you know what we say around here, don't you? He said, no, what's that? I said, play until you hear the whistle. <laughs> and, he, and he said, but you guys don't have any whistle. I said, exactly. <laughs> you know, so that's the, you know, yeah. that's the mindset that, you know, that you're talking about, you know, I mean, yeah, there, there is some fouling going on and things like that. But, you know, we want the guys to play through contact. We want guys to continue to play and, and you know, and not uh, pout or, or, or sulk about, you know, whether it's a bad call or bad play or, you know, we, we just want them to play. And we, we, we can always we can always, you know, turn them down. It's hard to get guys to, to, to turn sure. them up. But we can always turn them down, and so that's 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 kind of like our philosophy. It's funny you mentioned playing through contact because my next question was going to be about um, Deuce's background. So obviously, he came up as a quarterback in, in high school, um, and I'm thinking about that in terms of how you just described how you run your practices, but also, and look, I, I haven't been doing this for for too too long, but what struck me in his first um, appearance in front of the media in New York was. I mean, listen, I was, you know, 20, 21 year old kid once upon a time. I remember what I was like, and I've talked to a lot of kids around the same age. He exuded a maturity that is it it popped for me. And I think what we see in terms of what he's able to do on the floor has a lot to do with that. And I'm just wondering, can you because, you know, obviously you, you recruited him. Can you try to paint this picture of like what the, the background is a quarterback? How much does that have to do with now what type of player he is uh, on the basketball court? Well, I, I think the mentality uh, playing quarterback helped, but I think it also started with his family. Okay. Um, um, Coach Martin, one of our other assistant coaches, um, he he was the he was the point person uh, as far as, as as recruiting dudes. Obviously, we all you know, did our, our part uh, in that. But getting to know Deuce's family, you know, his, his father played basketball at Xavier. His father is a very disciplinarian, tough guy. Uh, his mother played tennis at Ohio State. He has an older brother that, that played uh, basketball. Um, and he got a sister that's presently here at West Virginia. Oh, wow. Uh, play, playing volleyball. But if you meet his family, I mean, it's a very close-knit, you know, just a a together family. So if you meet his family, then you can kind of like see where that that discipline comes from. I mean, we obviously plan for us helped, 
you know, and, and, the way, and our style of play. But the, the football mentality, the toughness, uh, playing through contact, uh, all that helped develop him into the player that he is. But I think it all started with his family. You know, that, you know, his maturity, uh, even when, when we was recruiting him and talking to him. You know, you, you didn't seem like you was talking to a 17, 18 year old no. kid. You, you were talking to a, a kid that, you know, that, that has some maturity and has some respect, you know, has some respect for for adults and authority figures. You know, we, we talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of young men. And, you know, sometimes you got to pull things out of them. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, the way they talk or, or the way they come across mm. might not be as respectful. Uh, as you would like, but, you know, talk, talking with Deuce, you go, wow, you get off the phone or, or you, you walk away when you talk to him in person and you go, wow, that, that, you know, that, that, that kid has a lot going on. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's unmistakable um, how, uh, how mature he is for, for, I mean, for anybody, but, but especially for, for his age. Um, so, and the other thing I wanted to ask you just in relation before I move on from the, the football thing, I know he was injured. Uh, I think it was his junior year of high school. If I, if I don't, if I'm uh, not mistaken, uh, Prez, one of my colleagues over at Strickland uh, brought this up to me and I wanted to pass it along because I didn't think about it, but is his development curve as a point guard? Do you think, cause that's a valuable year, junior year of high school in terms of being able like he, and then he of course had the great year he had as a senior and then, of course, he's done what he's done the last two years. Do you think that injury has maybe held him back a little bit and he maybe even not as far along in his development curve as some other players his age? Uh, tough question. Um, I'm not sure that the injury held him back. I, I think it maybe gave, uh, gave him more, more drive, more. Oh, okay, I'm that's gonna, interesting. Uh, more, I'm going to show you, uh, you know, kind of like a chip on your your, your shoulder type of uh, mentality that, you know, and, and to be honest with you, and 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 I'm speaking personally, mm-hmm. he he's come way further than I ever expected. Really, uh, you know, from 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 a high school senior watching him play AAU, and then uh, when he came here as a freshman. Um, not really knowing, you know, how good he really was. Hmm. And, 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 and then we just start seeing the, the work ethic, you know, always in the gym, always willing to be coach, always asking questions. Uh, coach, can we watch film? Uh, coach, can you get film on this player, that player? You know, and then um, I remember we, uh, his freshman year, um, we were playing Ohio State in Cleveland. And, um, he, he, he was just starting to, you know, starting to play well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I saw his father in the lobby and I, and I told his father and, you know, I, I know his father from the Cincinnati days. And I, and I told his father, I said, I said, he, he's come so far. I said, I've never expected him to be where he's at. And to be honest with you, even now in ending his sophomore year, uh, where he's at now with the New York Knicks, I, you know, watching him develop, I thought maybe another year, you know, the end of his junior year. Yeah. Uh, he, yep. he definitely was out. That was the word, right? He could, he could yeah, right. use another year of seasoning. And, right. and But if he got that, 
would we be talking about a lottery pick in 2022 is what I'm wondering. I was, you know, that was my thought, you know, and talking to other NBA coaches and scouts, uh, they all said between 25 and 35 this year, mm-hmm. probably more in the 30s than in the 20s. Mm-hmm. But next year, you're looking at, you know, maybe a top 10 pick. And, mm-hmm. and, and going into the, 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 uh, the draft, the, the workouts and the combine, that was kind of, uh, I think, I, as, a, as a staff, I think that was our thinking is that he'll go there, he'll play well, but, you know, probably not as, 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 as good as he would have wanted to. And, you know, he'll probably end up coming back and, you know, being a lottery pick. But, uh, you know, when he went to the, the workouts, and, and I think people were more – I think they were impressed not only by his skill level and his physicalness and his toughness, but just his, by his maturity. I, I think a lot of the way he came across to coaches, I think that boosted his, his stock as far as being draftable. So I'm wondering because, you know, there – the NBA, NBA history, NBA draft history in particular is littered with guys who, you know, they saw the dollars. I'm not suggesting that's that's what Deuce did, but guys who, you know, they're like, OK, I want it now. Um, and then they flamed out um, for one reason or another. And I'm I'm wondering, it, you know, and you spent a year in with, with the Washington Wizards before you went to WVU. So you obviously and you know, the NBA game, you know, I've, it goes without saying, do you think that it depends a lot on the situation when you get a kid who, you know what, maybe could have used another year or do you think that that's really up to the kid and the kid, I say kid, but you know, the young man um, to do what he needs to do on his own. And I'm almost wondering, as I'm hearing you say that last answer, how much was the maturity part of it? Something that gave NBA teams. And in this case, the Knicks faith that look, he could come here and even though he may not be fully ready yet, he'll do what he needs to do on his own to get there in, you know, short order. I, I think that had a lot to do with it. I think, um, I think Deuce got to the point after a couple of workouts, I think he got to the point where he wanted to be a pro. He, yeah. he, he knew he was a pro. You know, um, he, he didn't come back from workouts saying, you know, Coach, I – I don't know. I went up against this person and that person and, you know, I'm not sure. Or, you know, uh, this team wasn't really sure about me. Um, you know, he after his first couple of workouts, um, he came back, said, Coach, I'm, 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 I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And it, it was at that point, going to be right before the combine, I think as coaches, we kind of like saying, wow, uh-oh. We, you know, <laughs> because we would really, I think, yeah. we were anticipating him coming back. You know, I, I think we were really anticipating him coming back. And then that must be went, bittersweet, I'm assuming. For, for on oh, your yeah, it, it is. But, you know, that's 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 the game. That's that's where it goes. And, and, um, and then when he went to the combine, and he his measurables, I guess, was off the chart. Yeah. And, and, the, and the NBA people really fell more in love with him, especially 
after his in-person interviews, um, you know, he, he, they, 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 they trusted him, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the things that coach Huggins tell players here a lot is that, you know, I got to be able to trust you. Hmm. You know, if you want to play, you know, certain situations happen on the floor. You know, if I, if you're in the game, or if I put you in the game, I got to trust you. And I think Deuce came across to a lot of NBA teams as, you know, we, we can trust this young man, you know, he's going to, He's going to do what it needs to, whatever needs to be done, you know, to 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 make the team and to be on the floor. And, and I think that was uh, a big part of, like you were saying, his maturity, the way he came across, and and then again, it goes back to his background, you know, you know, his, his family, you know, his mother and father. I think, he, you know, he he came across as, as someone that you could say, you know. This guy got something going on. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
And the other thing I'm wondering, because I've, you know, look, there's maybe I'm biased. I, I don't think there's any bigger stage in sports than, than Madison square garden and, and New York. Um, talk about, you know, you mentioned players he faced off against at the combine or whatever it is last year. I mean, I don't, what's, what's more impressive guarding the number one pick in the, the soon to be number one pick in the draft one on up and down the court and making his life um, miserable again, you know, when you guys played OK state, Going up against the, the soon to be national champions, you know, in in Baylor. I mean, got to deal with Kansas and t- like Big Twelve is no joke. I, I'm I have to think at this point, you know, teams are looking around and anybody who comes out of your conference and like, look, if they could hold their own with against these teams, they'll be able to hold their own against the pros. Yeah, I mean, we we we've said all along the last five plus years that the Big Twelve had been the best conference uh, basketball wise in, in the country. Um, I think, again, one of the things that really helped Deuce, you know, when we talked about his injury mm. and then um, not really being recruited and him having faith in Coach Huggins and our staff. And, and we, we, we trusted him, too, because when we took his commitment, we took his commitment at the end of his uh, junior during his junior year when he was hurt. Oh, wow. Okay. So not, not only did he trust us, but we trusted him. And, and, and again, I go back to a lot of it had to do with, with, with the family background. You know, we, we knew how tough the dad was. We knew how disciplined the dad was. And, 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 and coming from Moeller High School and, and, and the coach at Moeller, uh, Coach Kramer, we, we knew, you know, we, we, we know him. We've recruited guys. We've coached guys from him before. So it, it was a it was a trust thing, and it really blew up into, as I said to Walt when I saw him in Cleveland when we played Ohio State, I, I told him I said, you know, I, I never saw this coming. I, I didn't. I, I never thought that the Deuce would be as good as he he was at that time as a freshman, and then his sophomore at that. His sophomore year, with the summer leading into the sophomore year, you know, whenever you hear a ball bounce, you know, you looked you looked in the practice facility and it was deuce, you know, not not once a day, but twice a day, even sometimes three times a day. You know, so, he, he was he was in the facility. So I mean, you were a scout for the Wizards, you know, you it was your you know, your job to look for traits in in you know players that like do you want like wh- wh- let me rephrase that. Why do you want the kid that most people looked at and said, I didn't see this coming? Is it just because it's proof of the work ethic or is it is it the confidence? I mean, I imagine it's 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 all of it, right? Yeah, it's all of it. And and it's not something that that you, you can see. I mean, it's like Javon Carter. Mm. You know, people ask us about Javon Carter. Um, do, do we see that coming? No, we didn't see that coming. But the type of players that we recruit and the way we coach, you, you know, you, you can't help but get better. Mm. You know, you, you, you're not going to stay, stay in the same uh, 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 skill level. You, you're going to get better because we, you know, we encourage guys to be in the gym. Uh, the way we coach you, you know, you, you're not going to just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to get better. And then if you have that little extra in you, you know, like some of the players that we have had, 
you know, now you elevate to a whole nother level. And I think that's what happened with, with Deuce and happened with Javon Carter, Devin Ebanks, Deshaun Butler, you know, uh, Kevin Jones. We, we, we've had we, we've had a number of three and four star guys who have been overlooked. But, you know, when when they play, quote, the Kate Cunningham's and the five star guys, you know, they're, they're at the same level because they're they're a lot more uh, sometimes they're more competitive than than the maybe uh, the player that they're going up against um you mentioned being competitive and, and Javon Carter I, I imagine that both players will be hoping that uh, they get to see the floor in the Nets Knicks games uh, this year <laughs> do, do those two guys know each other uh, at all oh yeah they, they they've been communicating uh, uh, since uh, Deuce well, when Javon got traded to the Nets and Deuce got drafted by the Knicks, uh, they've been communicating. And, um, you know, I told them both. I said, the good thing about uh, both you guys being in New York, I said, we, we can make one trip and we can see <laughs> both of you guys, you know? So, so we're, we're, we're excited. You know, we're going to try to maybe come to training camp. You oh, know, wonderful. In, in September, you know, early October, you know, and maybe, you know, catch a practice or – or exhibition game or something that, um, you know, so that way we can support both of them. Um, you've been incredibly generous with your time. Just a couple more and then I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, we, we haven't really touched on his actual game uh, because I, I, quite frankly, I think it spoke for itself, uh, not only in West Virginia, but certainly at summer league. Um, you know, I, I don't tend to worry about the, is he a, is he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? I mean, he's a, he's a basketball player. Um, and it seems like he could run an offense. So let's let me start there. Do do you are you confident that he's going to be able to run an NBA offense when when called upon? I don't think that's a, I don't think that would be a problem at all. I think, um, like you said, he's he, he's a guard. Yeah, he's a guard. You know, when you look at when you look at the NBA today, you know, I mean, there's only a handful of quote point guards. The majority yeah. of the yeah. guard, majority of the guards in the league are just that guards, whether they're can play the point or play the two, you know, um, you know, Chris Paul, maybe uh, John Moran. I mean, you just, like I said, just a, I mean, Kevin Durant could be a point guard if you want to, <laughs> you want to, you want to call him that, you know? Oh yeah. So who runs the offense? I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think if, if, if coach Thibodeau would like Deuce to, to set an offense and run a play, I think he will be able to do that. I think if he wants him to be able to spot up and 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 shoot an open shot, I think he's very capable of doing that. I think the best part of his game is his mid range. Yes, uh, you know he 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 can really drive it hard and pull up. Um, that's one of the things that he's really worked on hard while he was here at West Virginia, and um, and I think that's going to help him. You know, in the NBA, I, I know talking talking to him. Obviously, the NBA game is a lot different than the college game because from talking to him in the NBA game, they want you to shoot threes. I, I was you just know? about to say, it's fascinating to me that he's worked on that because to me, the pull-up mid-range game is like, that's the last step for like a superstar, right? It's like when yeah. the teams are taking away the three, what do you need? It's, you know, you do what Kawhi Leonard and, and Kevin Durant do. You, you dribble into the 16-footer. He's already got that, which is really right. cool. Right. And, and but and 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 he's he he's very capable of making a three. I mean he he can make a three point shot. 
But like you said, the best part of his game is 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 the, is the pull up game. But getting back to your question about whether he's a point guard, I, I think he's just a guard. Uh, I think he can probably guard three positions, uh, definitely the one and the two. Um, not necessarily because of his height, but because of his size and 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 his toughness. I think he could guard a a six five, six six, six seven guy that you know he can get up get up under him and and be physical with him. But um, I I think the Knicks are gonna hopefully use him in a in a variety of ways, both both offensively and defensively. Well, last two, one about the Knicks and, and one about a, a old team that you uh, coached a while ago. Uh, so this team, you know, kind of came out of nowhere last year in terms of the Knicks. Uh, there are expectations here that they will, you know, compete for a playoff spot again, um, maybe even, you know, mess around in the playoffs. Uh, I My guess is that at least at first, minutes may be hard to come by. Do you think he's going to be okay and be able to still maintain a high level of confidence in his abilities if, you know, he goes a game or a couple games without maybe seeing the court? Um, and I, I want to preface this by saying I want to see him on the court because I, <laughs> I think he's really good. But just, you know, it's it's life of a rookie. You don't you don't know if that's necessarily going to be in the cards for you. How do you think he would deal with that? I think he'll be okay, especially, you know, he's talked to Javon Carter um, and, 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 and the – the, the G League, you know, is not what it used to be. No. It, it's not where, you know, they just send guys down and forget about them. I, I, I think, and, and like you said, I hope that he, he makes the rotation and, and, and be able to get the playing time. But I, I think that if, if for whatever reason he's not getting the playing time and they say, hey, you know, go play a couple of games and then come back. I think that's beneficial than they're just sitting on the bench and, and not getting better. So I, I, I think he'll, I think he'll handle e- either situation, you know, well, like the, he talked to Javon Carter. I've talked to Javon Carter about that. And he said it was, it was good for him to go down and play a couple of games and then come back than just sit on the bench, you know, and, 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 you know, be a cheerleader. And, um, and I think Deuce, hopefully he won't have to experience that. But um, if he do, I think he'll be able to handle that. I think he's mature enough for that. It's exciting to hear. Um, again, I, I hope, uh, man. There's, I just, I want to see the kid on the court. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who, I don't know who has to leave the rotation or has to not be in the rotation. But I think, um, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of Nick fans fell in love with him uh, when they saw him at summer league. And not just because he hit, you know, 50 some odd percent from from three seemed like he could miss a few of those games, but just everything we've been talking about. You could tell there's some there's something special about him. Um, I, I do, however, want to finish up with with a different question about a different team. Uh, you've had you've you've recruited number one picks. You've had number one recruiting classes. Um, and yet I think the, arguably the most impressive thing on your resume back in 2010 um, you you were an associate head. Well, you probably became associate head coach after this, right? You were still just assistant, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, was it was it considered the greatest freshman class in college basketball history? You, of course, I'm talking about University of Kentucky's uh, 2009-10 team with John Wall, uh, Boogie Cousins, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, everybody figured they were just going to go undefeated, steamroll all the way to a championship, and then they ran into a little team from West Virginia in the Elite <laughs> Eight. 
um, and you guys took them down. I have to ask you about that game. What do you remember from it? What can you what can you tell me about what that experience was like? Well, I definitely remember that because it was my scout. (laughs) 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 And, um, you know, obviously, like you said, it's the talent wise, you know, they were amazing with with John Wall and Bledsoe and those guys. And um, I remember I remember after after we won, after we beat, uh, what would it be, Washington, I think it was? Yeah, you, yeah, uh, you had, uh, yeah, Washington, and uh, yeah. I had it up here. I'll, I'll find it right now. Yeah. Uh, and then after we uh, we beat them, I remember telling Coach, I said, Coach, we can beat Kentucky. And he said, yeah. I said, Coach, we, we can beat Kentucky. And I, I, I just, I just, you, you, you know, like, when you talk about five-star guys, and and again, I'm not knocking five-star guys because I would love to have some on our team, but you know, some some guys are a little hungrier than others. So you can and you can tell maybe by the, their demeanor, you know, the the, the way they carry themselves, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the court. And I, I'm you know I'm I'm not for sure, but I don't think Kentucky was worried about West Virginia. Huh? You know, I I, I don't I don't I mean given the talent that they had and looking at our roster, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, they, they, they probably were thinking that it would be a good game. Just roll the ball but, out. And, but, 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 but I would think that yeah. uh, Kentucky and, and all the fans in Kentucky and, and, and probably you included probably didn't think West Virginia had a chance against, uh, against Kentucky. And the funny thing about that game, then we then we tell people all the time, the the, the first half of, of that game, the first half of that game, we did not make a, a, a two point field goal. All our all our field goals were threes. The first half, unbelievable. And and, and you know you you're coaching the game, so you're not really thinking about that. And we get into halftime, and and we we are just. Uh, we 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 were playing one three one off and on during the season, and we didn't think Kentucky was a very good three, uh, three point perimeter shooting team. That 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 a couple guys. I think I think Miller Miller was Miller, yeah. He's uh, still yeah, I think yeah. he's still on an NBA roster somewhere. I should yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he was a good player, but John Wall wanted to get into the basket. Bless yeah. wasn't really that consistent. Um, you know their bigs were just bigs. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't going to shoot threes. I don't think Patterson had the – maybe he had a little bit of a three in his game, but not, yeah, not quite yeah. yet. Patterson, Cousins, um, uh, you know, so, we, you know, we threw in a 1-3-1 one, one a little bit, and they, and they struggled with it. They struggled with it, like maybe the last, I don't know, eight minutes of the first half. And uh, we went into halftime, and uh, we looked at the stat sheet, and we like, Coach, you, you know we, we haven't made a we haven't made a two point field goal, and we like <laughs> we were really surprised at that. And so you know, as we talked about the second half, you know, we said, Coach, you're not scoring against one three one. You know, let's just let's just stay in it. You know, and, and let's see what happens. See if they see if they score. And we came out of the second half, and we stayed in the one three one, and they 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 really struggled, and you know they started taking you know. Four shots, bad shots from the perimeter. They really weren't throwing the ball inside. You know, um, we, we, we had Joe Mazzula, you know, fronting 
Cousins and Patterson and and, and all those other bigs that they had. But we, we had a lot of pressure on the ball from the perimeter, so they really couldn't throw it inside. And so, you know, they just started taking a, a lot of bad shots. And we, we uh, Deshaun Butler, who had probably for the NCAA tournament during that time, he might have been the best player in the country, hmm. you know, uh, on, on, on that run from, 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 from the first round all the way to the final four. And he, he just played an amazing game. Devin Ebanks, who was six nine, he he was he was he. You could put him in any position. He would play one through five, and so um, it, it was it was probably one of the the best uh, uh, victories of, of of my career. Um, being able to, to beat a team like that, you know, they had they had so many uh, draft picks, and 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 like I said, I don't think anyone in the country itself for the people in the state of West Virginia, you know, thought that we had a chance. Well, sometimes that's, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> listen, you, you guys are, I mean, it's, it's basically every year now uh, you're in the tournament. Um, you know, usually you're, you find yourselves in round of 32, obviously sweet 16, uh, 2015, 17, 18. Uh, you guys are doing something great down there. Uh, you coach Huggins, like you said, and uh, I could tell you that now with with Deuce here in New York, you're going to have uh, a lot of uh, additional um, fans of the Mountaineers from, from up north uh, that will be rooting uh, for the team moving forward. So take take that for what it is, I guess. Okay, we appreciate that. Yeah, uh, they they're really gonna uh, they're gonna like Deuce as as a player. But they're also going to fall in love with him as a person. It's exciting. Um, I, I already have, and uh, I can't wait to see him uh, with the games for real. Coach, um, again, Coach Larry Harrison, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, really appreciate it. And, of course, you know, uh, good luck in the uh, in the season ahead. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry about the video. Oh, you're you know, good. You Don't worry about it. You can see this great-looking face, you know, here, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's all good. And, um you know, I, I got your number, and 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 uh, when I come to a game or practice or something, um, I'll, I'll hit you up and let you know I'm in town. That would be fantastic, because I, I would love to catch up. Okay, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank be, you. Be well. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.